Welcome to Incubate This, where technology and business come together to help startups start up. Brought to you by GodAndAppIdea.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> Your leprechaun comes <laughs> to back. incubate yeah. this. Uh, today we are talking attorney talk. So we get lots of questions about when am I supposed to get an attorney? Why do I need one? Why does it cost so freaking much? Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about this and give you some context and help you understand why is it important? Why do you need it? When do you need it? And you know, how do you pay for it or how much would you expect to pay or something like that? So I thought developers were expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Attorneys are outside of your hired labor will be your biggest cost in a startup. And it's, it's really necessary. Um, especially when you're starting to talk about having partners or having investors or having other people getting involved in your project. Um, if you're buying from vendors, you want to make sure that all of those contracts and all of those agreements are written fairly for both sides, but that you're protected. You know, if somebody doesn't fulfill on something that they promised you as part of like fulfilling your company, you have some recourse there. Um, so so yeah, so jump on in. Where do you find an attorney? Oh, that's really... I think most people don't have an attorney uh, and they don't know where to go. They think, okay, that guy on the billboard, yeah, I'll go to him. He's got to be good, right? He's on a billboard. <laughs> and I've heard that the, the, the rule of thumb I've heard is if an attorney advertises, you don't want them. Yeah. A good attorney yeah, so doesn't have to advertise. Well, or the ones that advertise true. are like ambulance chasers, right? Yeah. yeah. Assembly lines. I mean, it seems to me like with lawyers, just like a dentist, a doctor, and an auto mechanic, um, you ask around, yes. you look for referrals. Yes. You want to hear personal experience from somebody. Exactly. Exactly. As much as you can. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about early, early, early in the development of your idea, you're talking to a lot of people. And mm -hmm. some of those people are going to be business owners or they're going to be people who are, um, executives or, or mid-level managers, even at, at a larger size company, all of those people will know a good attorney or they will know somebody who does. Um, and you really want someone, if you can get someone who specializes in like corporate law, that's really great because, um, they're going to know a lot about business and stuff like that. But there are also attorneys that specialize in like startups or entrepreneurs and things like that. And what's great about those is not only do they know sort of the challenges of like a small startup kind of business, but they, a lot of them also recognize that you can't afford to pay them right away. And so they'll do payment plans. Some of them will even work for equity. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. um, so finding someone who, lives in that world of business and startups and whatever is, is really great. It's really, really And I think great. that's key. I, I imagine a lot of people think an attorney can do anything and mm -hmm. it's like developers, right? Well, I, I don't do assembly programming. Right. And so that, I'm not the, no, well. What the hell's wrong with you? I want to, <laughs> but no. Um, I don't write the ones and zeros. I let something else do that for me. Right? Yeah. And, and like fashion, the attorneys uh, specialize. Yeah. And so, yeah, some attorneys are really great at eminent domain, which is, you know, uh, uh, condemning land and taking it, you know, for government projects, for other projects or whatever. Like 
they don't really know a lot about starting a business. Some attorneys are ambulance chasers. You know, I mean, that's sort of a pejorative term, but they're good that's at... what they do. Yeah, they're good at personal injury. You know, that guy's probably not going to be the right guy to set up the structure of your business. And if you're trying to do this sort of on the cheap in the beginning... That might be okay if he's like your brother-in-law and he's doing it for free. That might get you a little bit down the road. But the second person number two gets involved, you better spend the money and get get someone who knows what they're doing. And there are subspecialties too to factor in. We were talking to someone the other day and and I think the topic of cryptocurrency may have come up or something like that. And I think you said, okay, so now find an attorney that's got some experience and that one sort of vertical topic, because not all attorneys are going to have any, have experience with that. Well, uh, if you're building a tech startup and the business attorney you're working with has only ever worked in oil and gas, that might not get you where you want to be, right? Like you should find somebody who knows tech, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's good. That's what I was going to say, except that wasn't going to get into subspecialties, but just the idea that law is a big, a big area. So um, it's too big of an area. It's like saying, I want to go to the doctor, regardless of what's wrong with me. And, you know, you need specialists, you need people who are in a particular field when you get down to certain issues. Yeah. So we have an attorney, actually, we have several, um, not because we've we like ever- suing people. Yeah, exactly. Lawyer, lawyer, rah, rah. Um, we, we actually have never had a conflict, knock on wood, uh, with any of our clients or any of our, our incubator, you know, companies that we're involved with. But I, I think we've said this before. The purpose of agreements and uh, contracts and stuff that, a, that an attorney helps you put together, regardless of whether it's you're getting investment capital from someone and you're defining the terms of that or you're working with a new client and you're defining the terms of that, or, um, like in our case, uh, defining sort of the terms and conditions of our startup program and our, and our courses that we offer and things like that. These things aren't designed with the assumption that everything's going to go exactly how everyone expects them to. These things are designed to lay out what happens if something goes sideways. And so I think, I think I've said this before, but I, I compare it to a prenuptial agreement. Prenup isn't about we're married until the day we die and everybody's happy. It's about what happens if all of a sudden we're not happy and we decide we want out. What agreements are we making ahead of time when we still care about each other and we're still excited and it's new and we're like, you know, in the, in the moment and the joy. What are, how are we saying we're going to treat each other if it does go sideways? Sort of force civility at a point in your life when you're anything but civil. Yes, exactly. Because if in a rational moment of pre-planning, you say, this is how I want to represent myself. This is how I want to treat my customers. This is how I want to be treated. In the heat of the moment of anger and frustration, whatever else might show up, you'd probably rather still be that person who was, who was that first person, that rational person, that person who care, you know, cared about people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what these things are designed for. Defines expectations and contingencies. Exactly. 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 So what other, what other things? How do you know if your attorney's any good? Like you've picked a guy, you've kind of heard word of mouth, but how do you know? How do you know if they're any good? Mm. You go to court and watch them. 
No, because a lot, most, especially like business attorneys, you're not going to see them litigating a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is where I think you have to do the gut check. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it, it's not super scientific, but everybody, everybody knows when something feels right or something doesn't feel right. Right. Like you're looking for someone who is a personality fit for you. You know, like when you yes. talk to them, when you ask questions, you, you know, you don't feel made stupid. Um, and you don't, but you also don't feel like they're treating, you know, like you don't, there's nothing weird going on. Like the relationship is symbiotic and you feel like you can have a reasonable conversation. And when you ask questions, they have smart answers that make sense to you. Um, it, it really is a gut check. It's like, is this a good fit for me? Like his credentials, his or her credentials are there. Now it's a gut check. And, and is, is the personality a good fit? I think, you know, cause I'm, I'm relating this to my own feelings about the auto mechanic issue. Um, because the last time that I got a referral a mechanic and I liked them, it was a different experience emotionally um, because every time I picked up my car, I felt like I got the value that I paid for. And in the past, most many situations you're leaving going, I feel like they threw some stuff in there or they yeah. did some stuff that didn't need to be. I just got that feeling yeah. that I was a profit center, not right. what I want to end which made me think that um, in regards to the lawyer too, I don't know if you will know if they're good, but I think you'll know if they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think your gut will tell you if they're bad. Yeah. But you, you might think they're good when, or, or they may be good and you may not know, you know, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like yeah. when they're bad, it's those kind of things come up. Mm-hmm. Pretty quickly. A little more apparently yeah. to you to where you're going, well, this isn't right. Yeah. This isn't right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other than that, then it gets a little harder if, if they're in the good area, it gets a little harder to know whether they're really good or whether they're competent. Okay. Yeah. Competent. I go with sometimes, um, you know, my, my attorney experience has been a personal experience in the past. And, um, I sort of, part of my gut feel about my attorney was what's his relationship with the other people in the legal field when I watch him interact with them, yeah. You know, when we when we would have to go to court and would have to talk to uh, district attorneys and stuff to see what his rapport with those people was, was, and and how they treated him, yeah. Did they treat him with respect, like this is right. somebody who knows the law, or did they treat him like oh god, this another guy. dime a dozen yeah. guy that somebody got off a billboard, yeah. And I could see that these people deferred, and they they were res- very respectful professionally, and that said. He's respected by his peers. Yeah. That, so, so that's yeah. kind of a thing. If you can find, if you can see a lawyer's respected by his peers, they know more about the subject than you do. And they've interacted with him a lot more or her. Yeah. We keep saying him and we shouldn't yeah. say him. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I'm thinking about. So um, our family attorney is actually a corporate attorney, uh, but how we got sort of in the mix with him um, is he worked early on on getting uh David out of a bad situation in his business and um, they become friends of ours and things like that. And the thing about him that I really love, he is always looking for the way to be peaceable. Like he doesn't immediately jump to, you know, the, the worst case scenario, burn it down, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't go there first. He's always like, okay, let's back up. 
let's talk this through and see if we can find a way to make this work. Let me talk to their attorney. Let me see if we've got some wiggle room here. Like he's always looking for the, um, the diffusion in the situation, right? He's not immediately going nucle- nuclear. The smoothest, I mean, that's nuclear. the thing when you, when you, when you get into nuclear, nuclear, <laughs> when, when you get into law, um, it implies contentiousness. Mm-hmm. It implies one party versus the other party. And that, and what you just pointed out reminds me too, my attorney has always, well, one thing that, that he said is I will tell you what your options are. I'll tell you the likelihood and cost of achieving those options. Right. And then you'll tell me which option you want to go for. Yeah. Um, and he always urged towards the non, I mean, there were, there were a few times when I could have gone to court Yeah. for sure. And yeah. he said, and you will win, Yeah. but here's the yes. cost and here's the personal cost between the two parties. Yes. And he said, I advocate this is going to cost you X, you know, 1800 bucks over the next year. And I will cost you 5,000 to do this. So just do it. Yeah. It's just easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that we assume when we have a professional, like, like a surgeon, right? He's supposed to cut people. Mm-hmm. And if you have a surgeon that comes in and says, I don't think we need to do surgery. Whenever a professional who is, we view as this is his thing or her thing. And they actually advocate for, let's not be hasty yeah, and jump into it. Then you're, you, they almost gain more credibility automatically yeah. with you because they're not urging you to do the thing. It's like when the furnace repair guy shows up and, oh, you need a new furnace. And you're like, uh, that's what he does. Yeah. But if he came in and said, oh, you don't need a new furnace. All we need to do is do this, this, and this. I'm going to be like, this guy is trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. So the next time he comes back and he tells you, yeah, we're kind of at the point where we need a new furnace. I'm going to believe him. You're going to believe him and you're not going to feel like you got ripped off. You know, one of the things that attorneys are really good at that people don't use them for enough um, is negotiating. Mm. You know, it's not always about writing contracts and, and things like, I mean, that's a big part of it, but there are times when an attorney can sort of be like your bad cop. And we've, we've done that before where we're like, okay, we're going to let the attorney kind of do the worst case scenario outlay with, with the other party. And we're going to come in and say, we're going to soften it. And so it's a, they, they can be a negotiating tactic where you're sort of like using them to support the case that you're trying to make, but you still have the option of bringing the softness with your client, which keeps the relationship good. It's like having that proxy night back in the old days of you two will be fighting for us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we can still sit over here eating and, and drinking grog together. Yep, having a nail and, you know, high-fiving each other or whatever. Oh, your guy just took my guy's arm off. That sucks. <laughs> Cheers on ya. Yeah. <laughs> I owe you another beer. <laughs> um, okay, good. Uh, what else? You're not married to your attorney, right? I mean, no. they usually there's no contracts where you're like stuck with them for the next year, five years, or whatever. You can nope. fire them at any time. If, Absolutely. If that gut check turns out to not be quite what you thought it was going to be. Absolutely. You can go, okay, I got to find somebody else. Absolutely. And Bill, like, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. <he's, laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said earlier, we actually have several. Yeah. Um, we have, because remember, uh, actually qu- quite a few of our clients have come to us through our attorney. Mm-hmm. And so what happens in that case is it presents a conflict of representation for the attorney. And so the people, the parties involved, either one of one of them has to find a different attorney for that matter. 
And then both parties have to sign what's called a conflict waiver that says, we understand that you represent us on other matters. We're okay with you representing them on this matter. So because of that, and because our our firm is one of the most respected and the largest in town, our primary firm, we do have a couple of other people that we've had to use on various matters for for other things. Um, so yeah, you're you're never stuck with anybody. I mean, Bill does some stuff for us, but Sarah does a lot of stuff for us. They're both in the same firm, but there's also like three other dudes over there that have done personal stuff for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're never stuck with one. I mean, even even all the contract work that Sarah's done for us on a lot of our clients over the last six to nine months. If we had an issue, we could absolutely take that to a totally different firm, take that contract and that, you know, that whole thing. And somebody else could fight it, fight it for us. And, and in that theme, oftentimes your attorney, again, coming back to that sort of, I don't do this particular thing. So for example, I called my attorney up when I wanted to do a will. Yeah. And he said, I don't do wills. I don't do that. But here's, here's three names of people I recommend. Yep. And so that's another value that they provide is they know other good attorneys. And so you've got a good rapport with this guy. Yes. He knows you. Hopefully he's going to recommend someone that's going to fit or one of those three people are going to fit. Yep. 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 And that business referral thing is actually, I think, a not insignificant thing. I think that comes up probably for a lot of people. Yep. It sure does. When they get a business attorney um, that they start getting because- these attorneys talk about what their clients are doing and working on and, and they share their, their, their problems that they haven't solved yet. And, Oh, well I got, I'm representing somebody who does that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. And remember, especially like business attorneys, corporate attorneys, but anybody who's like a reputable firm, those are people who have enough money that they're concerned about their legal affairs in almost any business, those are fantastic clients. And mm-hmm. so if you build a reputation for yourself with your attorney as someone who does work well and who honors their agreements and, and et cetera, uh, yeah, it can be a fantastic referral source of really, really good business. I mean, our two best clients came from there. Yeah. So, you know. Very cool. Do anything else? Last, anything else? Uh, last thoughts? How much... Can you expect to pay for a good attorney? Oh, that's a really good question. Real talk. Um, I, I would say that a decent paralegal, which is so, so how this sort of works is when, when like, let's, let's say for example, I call Sarah and I say, Hey, we're investigating possibly working with this client and we have sort of X, Y, and Z questions. And we're not really sure how we would structure this deal because what they want us to do for them is these things which kind of fall outside of our normal realm. Like there's something different or unique happening. She goes and does some research, you know, and then she, she has a paralegal who will do a lot of the like groundwork, like pulling old, you know, different contracts or different pieces of legislation and sticking them together or different uh, clauses for the contract and sticking it together. And then she will do the final review and, and, okay, we need to make a decision point here and whatever and kind of go through that with us. The reason for using a paralegal is because they're a lot cheaper and because you have to start with something boilerplate. Like mm. no attorney sits down in front of a blank Word document and goes, all right, here we go. No, no, they pull stuff from things that they've done and, and precedents and all that kind of stuff, right? 
So typically a paralegal will fall, depending on the the size and scale of the firm you're working with, anywhere between 85 an hour to 250 to 300 an hour, maybe at sometimes. If they're a fairly senior paralegal, they're going to be on the top end of that range. And a lot of times those guys actually can make a lot of the same decisions and the attorney is sort of oversight. Mm. Attorneys, I have never seen one bill less than 200 bucks an hour. Um, sometimes you can find people like, uh, the guy who did all of our operating agreements and all that kind of stuff for RICA or buy sell agreement and all that. He charged a flat fee for the operating agreement because he knew what was involved in that and the buy sell agreement because he knew what was involved. A lot of times attorneys will do that for particular products. So it's sort of like the more you know about what you think you need so that you can be real intentional in those meetings with your attorney. Look, Yes, they bill by the hour. They bill by fractions of hours. Most attorneys are not trying to nickel and dime you. They want just as badly as you do to get to the meat of what you need so that they can help you and they can get paid. Yeah, they, because don't, they the, don't need to extract the most money from each client because no. they have no they have no end of clients. Right. And it actually doesn't do them any good to run up huge bills on a single client because the likelihood they're going to get paid all of that goes way down with the bigger the bill. So what they're, they're trying to be efficient, just like you are, unless you're some huge corporation and then you probably have like, you know, corporate attorneys on staff. So it still applies. So the more you can understand what you're trying to accomplish, what you think you need from your attorney and the questions you have before you sit down or before you pick up the phone, the better they'll be able to serve you. The more prepared you are, the better. And I think that's true in anything, but it definitely will save you money with an attorney for sure. So good question. Anything else? Last nope. minute thoughts? Mm -hmm. Lawyer up. <laughs> Lawyer up. All right. For Daryl. Grant and Cynthia. This has been Incubate This, sponsored by GodAndAppIdea.com. Uh, if you're only ever listening on the podcast, we do post these in video format on YouTube. And if you're only ever watching on YouTube, you're missing out on the podcast fun. Listen in your car on the way to work. Uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys next time. Looking for more tips, tricks, and advice for your startup? Visit us online at GodAndAppIdea.com. 